Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of The Adam Eisen Show. We are on to episode 32 this week with a number of topics planned. We've had big news break in multiple leagues since the last time I came on to talk to you all. So let's go ahead and jump into it for today. I'm going back to where I always start with the National Football League, my favorite league, and I'm going to a team that week after week, year after year, for about the last three years, have impressed the hell out of me. The Los Angeles Rams, GM Les Snead, head coach Sean McVay, have put on a master class of how to run an organization in this league. This offseason alone, the Los Angeles Rams have guaranteed money to Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald, Matthew Stafford, Bobby Wagner, and Allen Robinson. The Rams just simply do things differently, folks. I think we are about to see, and this is where I'm going with this first topic for today, my big take, is I think we're going to see a major power shift throughout the NFL to teams that live in major market areas. I just went through all the guys that the Los Angeles Rams brought back or signed this offseason. They guaranteed something like over $150 million. Guaranteed they wrote a check that day to the player. I'll tell you guys why the Los Angeles Rams are able to do that. California has the fifth largest economy in the world. They are simply pulling in more money than anyone else. Not all of these owners across the league, everyone, are equal or are equally wealthy. You've got to have the money in your bank account to be giving out guaranteed checks, to be giving out guaranteed money. Cooper Cup could not play the next three years, but he's going to get something like $72 million guaranteed. And the Rams were able to pull out their checkbook and write that check. While teams like, let's take for example, Oakland. The Oakland Raiders a few years ago when they moved to Vegas. When they were in Oakland they le- and were moving, the Raiders legitimately could not sign players or do anything because their bank account had no money left. The Rams missed out on one, one and a half, possibly two whole off-seasons of free agency and trades and things like that because simply they did not have money left to spend. But these teams like the Raiders, like the Rams, who the Raiders moved from Oakland and the Rams moved from St. Louis, they moved for bigger markets to get bigger market players and are now seeing a huge return on their investment. The Raiders are obviously now in Vegas. They've added a ton of pieces this offseason, including Devontae Adams, and they would have never been able to dream about acquiring those contracts while still in Oakland, and the Rams could never dream of acquiring these contracts if they were still in St. Louis. Half the teams in this league could not write or think about the contracts the Rams are drawing up for players at the moment. Fans at the moment, I did for a while too, but then you really start looking. Fans, I did, everybody, we all thought it was salary cap. We all just thought they were better at moving things around, floating things, stuff like that. 
It's not that anymore, guys. It's can't, it can't be. And you could see it on their paper. It's coming from game day revenue. And things like that gets players, gets all the talent out to you. The Rams now have game day revenue. They're bringing in more talent. They're going to have more game day revenue. They're going to go to playoff games. The Rams held three home playoff games and a Super Bowl. That's just more money in the bank for the Los Angeles Rams. And now, players, why wouldn't a player want to go play in one of these big market teams? Obviously, all players around all leagues are looking for guaranteed cash. Just in case they get hurt. Just in case things go wrong. Everybody wants to be playing with guaranteed money. The New York Giants Football Club. Their game revenue brings in six times... What the Jacksonville Jaguars game revenue does. The Rams have quadrupled their game day revenue compared to when they were in St. Louis. Quadrupled it. Before, when the Rams were in the LA Coliseum, before they got the new stadium, they were still doubling the amount of money they were making from game day revenue in St. Louis. In the coming years... A large part of this league is going to be unhappy and want to move to a bigger market because of the skill gap that is soon to be developed here. Everybody sees it in the world. You do it. I do it. Best friend does it. Everybody chases money. Everybody wants the guaranteed check because that's what gives them clarity. It gives them peace of mind. All these players are going for the guaranteed check. And I know if I was the head of the Jacksonville Jaguars, I would be making every single call in the book to try and earn my team more money and maybe score a top prospect or two in an offseason. But instead, the Jaguars have to go out and settle for Christian Kirk, who is far less guaranteed money than any of these other guys, which means they don't have to write a check for money that they don't have. Jaguars can't afford to compete with some of these other teams in the league. The Rams are just so cash heavy. Going back to my point, California is the fifth largest economy in the world. We're going to switch over leagues. We're going to look at what the Warriors are doing right now. It's the exact same thing. The Warriors have all these big names. Andrew Wiggins stepped up. Jordan Poole stepped up. Then you got Steph Curry for contract. Klay Thompson. All these big names. These numbers should not work together. But yet, in the Bay Area, where they can charge out the wazoo thousands of dollars for a front row ticket, it works. Especially for a team that goes to the playoffs and gets home games so consistently so consistently it's just raining in cash for them not to mention the los angeles stadium they hosted the super bowl like we said it brought in tens of millions of dollars for the los angeles rams for the chargers these games folks the warriors being in the nba finals right now them having game one game two game five possibly a game seven at home That is huge for them, and that is huge for what they're going to be able to do in contracts in the year to come. The guaranteed money the Rams have used this offseason 
is just flat out insane and it has to be recognized. I mean, $65 million on Aaron Donald, $18 million guaranteed Bobby Wagner, $135 million guaranteed to Stafford, $30.75 to Robinson, and $75 million to Cooper Cup. You add all that up, that's getting right around over $250-$300 million of guaranteed money in one single offseason. Jacksonville just can't flat out write those checks, especially in all in one season. And it's going to lead to, in a few years, some owners are going to come knocking at the commissioner's door, wondering, how do I start to get money? How does my team become competitive? Oh, I move to a major, I go move to New York. I move my team to California, Chicago. Dallas is now also petitioning for two teams. I go move my team to one of those major market cities and I immediately start getting the big name players, the big name talent, the big name coach, all that. And I also get the big time revenue. It's what's to come, folks. Might be five to ten years, but it's coming and look out for it. The next team I want to talk about in the NFL today is going to be the Cleveland Browns because I believe the Cleveland Browns They've got a real opportunity here to take a roster with a top three run game, a top three defense, and turn it into a dumpster fire for yet another season in a row. I don't know if you have all seen the headlines over the last couple weeks, but essentially this all boils down to like it has for the last 26 years of this team. It boils down to the quarterback room in Cleveland. Mandatory minicamp started for organizations over the last couple weeks. I'm sure you all have seen it. And the Browns gave Baker Mayfield an excused absence due to his standing with the team right now after last season, the surgery, all that. Putting everybody in an awkward situation. Then not even 48 hours after that excused absence was issued, a bombshell was dropped by the New York Times talking about 66 different massage allegations against Deshaun Watson. And then now we're up, if you all remember, the first 22 complaints were handled in criminal court. They went down to civil complaints. But now... We have allegation number 23 and allegation number 24, which both can easily go to criminal charges. The door is open for criminal charges. Deshaun Watson is nowhere near out of the spotlight, and it would shock me beyond this world at this point if Deshaun Watson plays a single game for the Cleveland Browns this upcoming season. The commissioner is not going to allow it. They have the commissioner's exempt list for this exact reason, and he needs to go on it again this year. The league can't threaten the shield. It won't threaten its shield. The league prides itself on not letting guys like this play until stuff is worked out, and Deshaun Watson shouldn't be getting his name out there in a time like this. His future for this season is still completely up in the air, but without a doubt, if he played a single game this entire season, I would be shocked. And it would be a massive, massive headline. We're just getting too close to the season. 
Something's got to budge. We're not hearing anything about a suspension. Commissioner exempts list is on the way, folks. And without a QB now, and a loaded AFC North, you know, with the Ravens, with the Steelers, you know, the Ravens, they got Lamar Jackson. He's pretty fast. He's pretty quick. They've got talent. Then we go, we also got the Cincinnati Bengals, who just went to the Super Bowl, beefed up their O-line, got some linebackers, helped out their defensive line, you know, only got better. The Browns want to come into this year with no one reliable at quarterback. They have a completely stacked roster. The Cleveland Browns have the roster to compete for the AFC North crown this year. But they have a real opportunity to blow it. And they need to sign Baker Mayfield right now. Baker Mayfield is your only option for this season, and you can't go throw another one down the drain. I think these Panthers, were, there's rumors about the Panthers, and you always got to think, these rumors, they get leaked for a certain reason. The Browns could have not, might have not leaked this. Baker's team could have leaked these reports that the Panthers want him to get the Browns to hurry up a little bit and maybe sign him to a contract. We never see the whole story, and stuff always comes out for a reason. If somebody doesn't want something out, it's not coming out. I think Baker Mayfield wanted this rumor out because Baker Mayfield wants to be back with the Cleveland Browns, wants to be back with the team that gives him the best shot, and will probably give him the most money for this upcoming season because Deshaun Watson only has about a $9 million cap hit for this year. That leaves a world of room for you to go play with other players and sign Baker Mayfield, let's say 15 to 20 million this year. He has a prove it year. We're less than 100 days out, folks. Decisions have to be made. Start of the NFL, week one, that Thursday night kickoff, it's coming a lot quicker than people expect it to. Uh, two more things today before we get on to my NBA Finals preview well, ahead of Game 6 this evening. The Chargers are the next team that I've been taking a look at. We were just talking about the Super Bowl or the team that went to the Super Bowl, the Cincinnati Bengals out of the AFC. I think the Los Angeles Chargers have the opportunity to be the next Cincinnati Bengals. Now, for one, the Los Angeles Chargers missed the playoffs this year, just like the Cincinnati Bengals did the year prior to them making the trip to the Super Bowl. For two, the Los Angeles Chargers have a young and unproven head coach, especially after what happened in the Week 18 game against Chargers Raiders Sunday Night Football, went to overtime, both teams could have gone to the playoffs, you all know what I'm talking about. Year two coaches are also much, much more successful than year one coaches. That's why a lot of people were not big fans on the Chargers last year. So, one, missed playoffs last year. Two, young, unproven head coach. Three, they have an emerging QB talent at a star level, at peak level in this league. And Justin Herbert. Four, the Chargers have excellent weapons they have austin eckler keenan allen mike williams gerald Everett. five they've addressed the defense problem this season 
this offseason. Throughout this offseason, they signed Khalil Mack, J.C. Jackson, Troy Reader, Morgan Fox, Kyle Van Noy, and so many others. The Chargers had one of the best offseasons out of any team. And my last two points for why the Chargers are the next Bengals is they're a historically very cheap team, just like the Bengals. The Bengals owners, the Brown family, spend no money and spend, and don't even spend the money for their players in cold Cincinnati, Ohio to have an indoor practice facility. This is the same with the Chargers. The Chargers stadium just a few years ago wasn't even fitting 30,000 people, if we'd all recall. And lastly, seven. The Chargers, just like the Bengals, for years have routinely underachieved season after season after season. Even when they're good, even when Phillip Rivers gets them to go 12-4, and gets them with a first-round bye, in the biggest games, they don't step up. For all these reasons, I mean, we look at the Bengals. The Bengals, they had a young, unproven head coach. They had a merging QB star at a star level in Joe Burrow. They addressed the defense problem. They got excellent weapons. Historically cheap. These two teams are lining up the exact same. And the Chargers, for the first time in years, have a great chance to make the playoffs and go on a legitimate run. And the Bengals gave them, paved the way for them for the path of a success. We all know that each year, half the teams who made the playoffs the previous year won't make it. That means there's 16 teams that make the playoffs. Only eight of them are coming back the following season. You go division by division. There is going to be new teams making it from every single one of them. And the Chargers, write them down to make it from theirs. And the other team I think you can write down to make it, I still got to take the Packers to win the NFC North. But coming in at that wild card spot, the Vikings are a scary, scary team. For the last four years, what have we all said going into a season? The Minnesota Vikings, on paper, have the best team compared to anyone else. In this season, now with Zimmer gone, because I don't think Zimmer and Cousins really had that good working, connecting relationship. They had a rather toxic one. Now with Zimmer gone and an offensive coach in there, Kirk Cousins will hopefully be able to do his thing more. And the Minnesota Vikings might just get rolling. And I'd give them a better shot than I have since Teddy Bridgewater was there winning the division for them in 2015. Now, the last point I want to make, it's a rather short point about the NFL. And it's just something that I've harped on now for about 15 weeks. And I saw a video of Bill Belichick this past week. He was lined up under center. Bill Belichick was playing center. He was snapping the ball to Mac Jones, and Mac Jones was talking, Bill was talking too. Bill Belichick last season still cared heavily about the defense, like he has always done. This offseason, he's chosen to really put his time and effort and devote in to the offense and getting himself flashy like so many of these other teams do. 
Bill Belichick is admitting that this league is changing. It's going from defense to offense. And even though he's 70 years old, he sees his quarterback in Mac Jones, a guy who's just like Tom Brady, who for the next 10 years, Bill Belichick, if Mac Jones works out, Bill Belichick can fully control him. Mac will be there. Mac will be the hard worker Bill wants, and he'll keep his mouth shut. It's exactly what Belichick has been looking for and what New England needs in that type of cold and harsh environment. Bill Belichick is changing with these league, this league too. If you folks, after 10 to 15 weeks, still don't believe me that this league is changing, the GOAT of all head coaches, greatest one to ever do it, even admits it at this point. Offense is taking over. And defense can't go out and flat out win you a championship anymore. It's just not possible. Transitioning on to the NBA Finals, the Golden State Warriors versus Boston Celtics. Tonight is game six. It is in Boston, going back to where it's toxic. The fans have been amazing throughout this series. I love tuning into the games and seeing the rowdiness and all that. Game six should be absolutely wild. Warriors are up three to two right now, so the Boston Celtics are currently facing elimination. And game five for me, breaking it down after watching it, it came down to purely experience, without a doubt. We all know, I said it a couple weeks ago, back before this series started. Boston's young. They've got a team who's talented, but who has never been here before. And the Warriors are a dynasty. I just don't think that has ever been more obvious than at the beginning of the first quarter of Game 5, at the end of the fourth quarter of Game 5, and at the free throw line of Game 5. The times when these players are worried, at the beginning, at the end, when they're isolated all on their own at the free throw line, Boston folded. Golden State isn't a team that minds any of this pressure. They're a team that has been to the NBA Finals now six of the last eight years even when the Warriors couldn't get their shots to fall the other night in the third quarter they went on a massive cold streak almost eight straight minutes still shooting threes still pulling up and taking shots the Warriors Steph Curry Clay Thompson Jordan Poole Andrew Wiggins not one of them ever lost their confidence to start the game the Celtics just felt clunky and slow and the Warriors were just fast and loose they don't shrink in these types of big moments the Boston Celtics players Jason Tatum Marcus Smart Jalen Brown these guys they go back together since back in 2018 they were dueling it out against LeBron James when LeBron James came back down 3-1 in the Eastern Conference Finals one game seven averaging a triple double throughout the series against jason tatum fully the celtics have been in playoff experiences they know what this is like they don't know what it's like going up against a dynasty level team who for eight minutes could not make a single one of their shots but for eight minutes 
dribbled down the floor, pulled up, and shot it. Never lost their confidence. Boston doesn't know how to hang with that. Boston hasn't played this type of team before. These guys are too young. The only young guy playing on the Warriors currently is Jordan Poole. And he's not even playing in a full-time role. And the other guys got him playing like another splash bro. This, to me, just like we were just talking about Bill Belichick. This, to me, feels like a Bill Belichick-Tom Brady playoff situation. The Warriors have just been there so many times. And they've been in these situations over and over And they knew exactly when to pull all the right levers and push all the right buttons and take their lead back. Were they more talented? Arguably. Did they always have the momentum to go out and win those games? Not really. But the Warriors, they started well. They took a lead. And they finished strong and were able to survive for almost three and a half hours. Which, for 20 years, is what we would watch Bill Belichick and Brady do. They would get out their le- they would get out to their lead, they would sit back, and they would play survival for three and a half hours because they were the best at it. They knew when to pull every lever, they knew when to push every button, and they knew every rule in the damn book. Boston may have more two-way players who can play offense and defense and are more well-rounded, but it is just purely insane how many players the Warriors have that can go out on any given night and put up 15-plus points. Warriors, in my opinion, I think they're about to wrap this up tonight. It's Game 6. It's in Boston. But I said it before this series again, and I stand by it now. Nobody moves like the Warriors, nobody cuts like the Warriors, and nobody has the experience like the Warriors. And they know not to let this go to Game 7 against Jason Tatum, who is 4-1 in Game 7s with the one loss coming against 2018 LeBron James. Warriors are packing this thing up and sending it home tonight. I said before this finals even started, Warriors in 6. Boston would only be able to knock out two games from them, and I'm still sticking to that pick. No chance we go to seven here. The Warriors will be at their parade come Sunday. The last topic I have for you all today is about the new Saudi-backed golf league, Live Golf. Uh, There's obviously been a lot of mixed opinion about this league over the last couple weeks with so many top 75 players choosing to leave the PGA. Players are no longer allowed to play in PGA events now. It's upset some people. Others understand. There's just been a lot of controversy around here, and I wanted to give you all my thoughts. We saw Tiger Woods, for some news, turned down a high nine-figure contract, turned down over $900 million dollars from a league, which it's insane to me that any league could ever offer somebody that amount of money. Phil Mickelson is getting $200 million, Dustin Johnson $150 million, and they've got 42 players spanning from young to old, last to first, champions trying to restore their image to champions trying to keep their image. 
And now, since these guys are no longer allowed to play in PGA events, I think it could be one of the greatest things that happened to golf. And let me explain it to everybody. A lot of people are like, oh, how can these players not play in the PGA, blah, blah, blah. It could turn out to be really exciting for all of us from a fan perspective to not see these players in the PGA anymore. To have half of the best players in the world here and have half of the best players in the world here or three quarters here and a quarter here. So now three times a year, which were already the biggest weekends in golf, the U.S. Open, the British Open and the Masters. We are going to get to see the best golfers in the world go up against each other, which for, for only three times in a year. The best golfers in the world will only be able to face themselves competitively three times in a year, which will only make things more meaningful and more personal for these players. These three tournaments, the, I said it already, they're some of the biggest in sports, but they now have the ability to reach even new heights because of this league. Golf now has the ability to be like so many other leagues across the nation, filled with drama and players having personal feuds and Patrick Beverly going into the LeBron James Instagram comments and going Cancun on three. Those personal feuds only make sports better and only make them more entertaining. And now we have the opportunity to have that with golf. And it's just going to draw more attention to the game and get people more into it, which I think is going to be amazing for the game and will only help it grow. Obviously, I said it to start. A lot of people are worried about this Saudi league. A lot of people don't like it. And I understand but before you go making your judgment, let's get through a year or two of these major tournaments and tell me how much you like it then. That's all I have for you all today. So I want to say thank you all so much for tuning in to another edition of The Adam Eisen Show. I will be back very soon to bring you all episode 33. Until then, peace.